Saturday night. What's good, Bills Mafia? Yes, that's right. DM3 back in the house tonight with my co-host, A. Rich, my brother from another mother, my best friend, and my co-founder of Built in Buffalo. We're back, man. We're back for tonight. I don't know if this is going to be the start of something special for me, but um, hopefully we can. This is a trend and we can keep rolling, man. How you doing, A. Rich? What's going on, man? A Rich, Hakeem Richens, if you don't know us by now, please get to know us. I'm doing great. I got my brother from another mother and father doing this show with me tonight, uh, previewing the Chiefs, a marquee matchup. This is a, a, a great night, my brother, a great night. How are you? I'm good, man. We got a, a lot of people already coming into the chat. I see that we have Richard Rush. What's going on, man? Uh, that is a regular our guy Izzy, our guy Peter, DiBiase, mm-hmm. uh, Jared's in the house. This, mm-hmm. this is fun. I, we had to do this. I, I, so I don't have my normal setup, my typical setup, because I, um, I'm actually house sitting. So um, I know the people that I'm house sitting for had some excellent banging ass Wi-Fi. So I'm like, hey, we got to do a show. Um, I'm working on my Wi-Fi situation, so hopefully we can get that back. Um, I'm ready for tomorrow. This is going to be a packed show. And when I mean packed, I mean. Me and mm-hmm. A. Rich got notes for days. Um, there's a couple things we're going to get into, like our usual s- segments, probably a little bit shorter because I want to talk about all things Bills and Chiefs. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of hearing about 13 seconds. I'm sick of hearing about Josh Allen's one and three against Mahomes. We can get into all of that. So what do you think, man? How, how have you been feeling leading up to this week? Um, I think we all felt when we saw that schedule come out, Here we go again. We're going to Arrowhead again. Week six. Last year it was week five. So how do you feel this week has played out before we actually get into and dive into these topics? Uh, Honestly, I I, I feel that this week has played out in in a positive fashion so far, in a positive light. You look at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, We got Uh, a big win statement win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't matter who's quarterback over there or what situation is over there. That's a a prestige program in Pittsburgh. And anytime you can get a win like that, it's definitely good for our organization. And going into this week, the Buffalo Bills, we're finally getting healthy. I'm never concerned about anybody else, what they're doing, who they have, their skill position players, their quarterback. I don't care. I'm always concerned and only concerned with what our Buffalo Bills have going on because when we're healthy and when we're right, it doesn't matter who we play on that football field. I like our chances. And this week, I'm starting to feel a little bit like that beyond Crowder, beyond Micah Hyde being out for the season. We're finally getting healthy. Dawson Knox is getting healthier. Tremaine Edmonds is back. Poyer is back. So when you see these these significant, important players on the Bills squad get healthy, it definitely shows signs of positivity and encouragement for our football team. I agree with you a thousand percent. I saw a comment up here about Christian McCaffrey. You want to talk about that in a second? Of course. Okay. We're going to bring that up in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Alpha Rob, I'm sick of hearing Bills have to beat KC and playoffs like a regular season don't matter. This game is important. It's the number one seed. Me and Akeem were literally, I just said that to him because mm-hmm. I think last year, and I, I don't want to get too much into, um, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about, the meats, the meat and potatoes, if you will. But mm-hmm. we, I was just telling Akeem before we started, I'm sick of people saying only beat them when it matters. You beat them, you know, mm-hmm. 38 to 20 last year in week five, and then 
it was a completely different game in the playoffs. So we'll see. I mean, like like Alpha Rob said, this is for the number one seed. I think this game absolutely means something, and I'm going to give more reasoning why later on in the show because we're going to break down a whole bunch of topics that are based solely on this game. Um, but let's – I want to talk about this. I, I didn't I didn't put it on our, our – you know, our, our program notes for tonight because I wanted to base the show solely on things around the Bills and the Bills Chiefs. But, A. Rich, give me your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. There's been a lot of stuff that has come out lately. Adam Schefter tweeted earlier today that it would have to be just a, a, a barn burner of a deal for the Panthers to move on. Um, you know, there's got to be multiple picks involved for the Panthers to actually move him. Um, by November 1st, which is the NFL trade deadline. So what's your thoughts? Maybe give me a rundown of maybe if you like it, if you don't, if you like the player, what your, you know, what a trade would look like from you, all that stuff. So thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. When I think about the running back, the first thing I do is, is, is think about the offense. Think about the Buffalo Bills offense, because I don't just, I don't like to just peg players in, in, in holes just because of the name and uh, it being a household name. Do you actually fit the scheme? Do you actually fit the system? So when you look at the Buffalo Bills offense, stylistically, Ken Dorsey, uh, Devin Singletary is second in receptions for the Buffalo Bills. He lead, He's second in receptions. Stephon Diggs is obvious first. Singletary second in receptions. Uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills, they like to use their running backs in terms of, of, of getting a short passing attack going, like to use the check down, like to use the running backs in the extension of the run game, and like to use their running backs in the run game when they see fit, running toss plays, running off tackle, run between the tackles in certain situations. So when you look at Ken Dorsey's offense and you look at the, the skill set that Christian Caffrey possess, it's it looks like a match made in heaven. This is a guy that uh, would definitely be uh, uh, another dimension to the offense that defensive coordinators and, and players would have to worry about because he would bring a dynamic part to the Buffalo Bills offense. But when you look at the other side of the spectrum, Christian McCaffrey's injuries, how much does he have left? Is he the same as Christian McCaffrey? The financials are crazy. His numbers are crazy. His cap number uh, is 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 a lot especially for uh, a position that we call a dime a dozen position at the running back position so does he have enough left in the tank to warrant a trade for the buffalo bills and in my opinion i just saw a guy like uh blackshear for the buffalo bills come in the preseason and do a hell of a job now i'm not saying he would have did a hell of a job uh, for the Buffalo Bills in the regular season, or he's going to be a guy that's going to be a threat NFL in the future. But I think I would want to hold on to my draft picks and my capital uh, 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 to sign a, a running back later on or possibly get a cheaper option if I see fit. Right now, I love the name of a Christian McCaffrey to the Bills, but realistically, I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't. I Everybody was talking about Saquon Barkley for a while. You know, I think the way he's been playing this year, I, I think that would be one that I'd be more intrigued with. But now the Giants are winning and are somewhat relevant in the NFC East. I I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't – the McCaffrey thing to me is is, is simple. Brandon Bean values draft picks, and you're, it's going to probably take a second or a third-round pick to get him. 
um, along with some other stuff. So if you look at it this way, you can get a guy on a rookie contract and draft a running back in the second or third round because we don't know what's going to happen with Singletary. Um, they wanted J.D. McKissick to be that guy, right? They wanted the speed guy. They wanted the guy that can catch, you know, out of the backfield. Um, in Dorsey's offense, which looks like it is catered to throwing the ball to the backs. Um, now that could also be, you talked about throwing the ball to the backs. That could also be predicated on the fact that there is so much coverage being warranted by our receivers because you have to respect Davis. You have to respect Diggs. Um, and now Dawson Knox and these other guys. So, you know, checkdowns are happening and Josh is taking advantage of it. So to me, it's, it's, it's an easy decision for me. It's a no for me. I mean, the, it's the injury history. The contract's not bad for this year, but then you have to figure out what you're going to do for 2023, 2024, because it does increase. There's not a lot of guaranteed money, but his, his dollar amount is big next year and the year after. So I say we run with what we got. Um, I think that James Cook will start to get slowly more injected into the offense as the season progresses, kind of like what, you know, Sean McDermott does with a lot of the rookies. They kind of get injected into the office. I mean, look at Motor his rookie year. We all were clamoring for Motor to be getting the touches that Frank Gore was getting. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's a no for me. Um, it's it's nice to and fun to think about what he could do if he's 100% healthy every week in this offense, because I think that that would make us unstoppable, but, but I'm good. I, I, I think we just rock with what we have um, because what we have is working and you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So not only that, not only that, you, I, I'll say this and we can move on. The Buffalo bills are 32nd in, in, on, in run block win rate. Their Buffalo Bills offensive line is last in the NFL in run block win rate. So maybe we should try to fix some things up front when we do decide to run the ball so we can be effective. I think we could start with that. And if we can clean that up and get better with it, with with the areas up front, quite naturally, the running backs will find holes to run and we will be more efficient. I agree a thousand percent. I need you guys to, I mean, there's a minute ago, there was 90 something people watching. We got five likes. I need everybody that's in here right now, smash the like button, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you're at, um, smash that like, share this, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, To me, I'm going to bring up a name and this is, we're we're already getting off topic, but it's been months since we've done a show. So this is going to happen and everybody bear with us because this does happen. If you know me and a rich Roger Saffold, I'm a little concerned. Now I know he had that. um, He was in a car accident right before the season. He was dealing with some injuries leading all the way through training camp, preseason, what have you, but Mm -hmm. his PFF grade is bad. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one of the lowest in the league for guards. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you concerned at all? Um, because Dion's Dion's doing okay. Morse will be Morse. The right side with Bates and and Spencer Brown, we can talk about too. But we brought in Saffold because he was a Pro Bowler. We brought him in because he's a veteran. We needed a left guard that was better than Ike Botker. And are, are you concerned at all with Roger Saffold? Um, not really. You know, we're talking about a guy like that's uh, he had shoulder issues last season. Right now, he comes over this season. He had a car accident that doesn't help things. 
He has to get accustomed to the offensive line, his teammates. He's an older player as well. You know, maybe maybe we could start looking at the Buffalo Bills like, hey, we got to be careful signing these older players in the near future. But uh, as you alluded to earlier, you said he doesn't have a great PFF grade right now. Uh, I could Im- I, I'd imagine whatever that grade is and whatever we've seen from Sappho thus far, I don't think he could play any worse. Right. So I'm hoping that he can indeed improve his play. Uh, we know he can play better. We know he has Pro Bowl caliber talent. So we hope he can prove his play and that averages out throughout the course of the season. And and if he does that, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills offensive line and hence will improve. Uh, I'm kind of concerned about guys like Ryan Bates. I'm not sure if he's as good as we thought, or everybody else, or maybe just me. Let me speak for myself. I'm not sure Ryan Bates is as good (laughs) as I thought he was initially in the offseason when I believe the Chicago Bears offered him a contract and I desperately wanted him back. Yeah, we all did. I mean, we all were were like nervous on pins and needles. Oh, my God, we need Ryan Bates because he performed down the stretch. That's when we need our guys to perform is, you know, weeks 15, 16, 17, and in the play, 18 and in the playoffs. But I said something in our group chat not this past game, but last week against during the Ravens game, I said that Ryan Bates was a liability at right guard in the Bills. And Peter um, from Buffalo Blitz, he also said that we're going to be drafting high, a guard high in this upcoming draft because I don't think that he's the player, like you said, I don't think he's the player that we thought he was, that we mm-hmm. went out and matched the Chicago Bears offer. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's early, okay? It's, it's There's been five games you know, Miami happened. The guys were injured throughout the game. Mitch Morse has been dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saffold has been dealing with injuries. Spencer Brown started uh, training camp and preseason injured. So let's – my thing is maybe we shouldn't run to any, you know, rash decisions. Maybe mm-hmm. we should let some things play out and see if they get some stuff figured out. They got a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator. Maybe this is just going to take time to mm-hmm. work the scheme in and figure things out. If it's still week 12 and week 13 – and we can't run the ball, and Josh is running for his life. Josh is the highest – he has the highest pressure rate of any quarterback in the NFL. Now, he's been successful, but can that – can we? Can he maintain that all season? Maybe. We don't know. We haven't seen a quarterback like Josh. But mm-hmm. that could be issues when it's the playoffs, you know, and mm-hmm. with even within the division. Look at what – Look at what Miami did to the Bills. Dolphins, I mean, they yep. were – yeah, the Dolphins were all over Josh. The mm-hmm. Patriots seemed like their defense – I mean, they shut out the Lions, which was the highest-scoring offense in the NFL. Now, it's the Lions, whatever. Maybe it was just, you know, a one-off. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if, if this stuff is continuing into week 11, 12, 13, 14, and Josh is leading the team in rushing every week, and he's mm-hmm. pressured number one, you know, still in the NFL. And I, I think that there, there needs to be some, some stuff needs to be addressed. We, we're, we're, we hope we're getting Ike Bacher back. Um, word is that he could come back this season. So we'll see. Um, keep yep. the comments coming. If you guys have questions for either of us, both of us, um, if you guys want to throw some comments out there, um, let us know any of the topics we're talking about. If you guys like them, have, you know, you guys want to chime in as well. Let us know if you're watching on YouTube, throw out a super chat. We definitely get to those every single time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Our guy Lance um, is in the house, and he's he's one of the guys that his his big thing is he he watches the offensive and defensive line, and he that's his thing. He he breaks down the game film. Um, he sends it over to me. I take a look at it, and it, it's a lot of the offensive line stuff that I'm seeing 
it's not just one guy. It's across the board. So I think that maybe, you know, I need to, you know, chill out a little bit and just kind of let these guys regroup, get through the season, let it progress, let it play out, and we'll go from there. So, all right, let's get in. Let You want to get into the show, the actual show now, or what? I, I think, I think T, asked, shout out T. I think she asked an excellent question. We could get into the actual show. I do want to get this question up first before we do. Um, I took it down. My, I got, I got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> How long does it take for O-line to gel? And I think that's a great question, man. How long does it take for O-line to gel? Being that the Bills have Deion Dawkins and, and have guys that is familiar with the Aaron Cromer system, uh, you would think you would think it wouldn't take uh, as long to gel as, as some, especially when a guy like Roger Saffold also has experience with Aaron Cromer. But I think I think is a little bit more complex than that. And I think the complexity comes in is it's not just Aaron Cromer. It's the combination of Aaron Cromer and Ken Dorsey. I think those two things have to align and they have to see each other in terms of knowing how to uh, uh, create mag magic off, off, off their chemistry between offensive line and offensive line coach and offensive coordinator. So I think it starts with the coaches. The coaches have to gel. They have to get an understanding of their verbiage. Aaron Cromer has to get an understanding of what type of plays Ken Dorsey likes to run. And I think that will trickle down to the players. And all situations are different. Sometimes it may take four weeks. Other times it may take eight weeks. Sometimes it may not even happen. Sometimes uh, a team may never gel. And we hope that's not the case for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so we'll see what happens and how long that takes. But I'm thinking uh, midway point in the season. All right. Roy th throws up here. Botker's average on his best day is not the answer. I'm not saying he's the answer, but it would be mm -hmm. nice to have some depth with him back because he comes in. And he, he's a serviceable depth guy. Um, mm -hmm. Lance, I'll let you take this one. Hey, Rich. Lance says, <laughs> thank you for the super chat, Lance. <laughs> Who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Of course, it's Josh freaking Allen. And I don't even think we're being biased about that. I think we're being absolutely honest with that assessment. Josh Allen is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL. Of course, uh, some others will put, have some pushback, but uh, we like our chances. Uh, Daniel Garries, what's up, guy? He, he's Daniel Garries is, is, has been rocking with us since we started Bill's Algae. So shout out to you, man. Um, do you think Ryan Bates was better left guard, left guard last year than right guard this year? I'll, you mind if I take this one? I, I think that he was better last year than he is this year. Now, maybe like Akeem just said with the gelling process, maybe he's getting accustomed to playing right guard, but he did also play some right guard last year. If I do, I mean, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly um, again, I'm very critical of the offensive line because it's like car insurance, right? You don't want to have cheap car insurance because when you get in a wreck, you want to have the best coverage. Well, we have, we just talked about what Lance brought up. We arguably have the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And if he goes down, the season's a wrap. Mm -hmm. um, Case Keenum and, and Matt Barkley are not winning this team ball games. Mm -hmm. um, they could probably be competitive for a little while, but I don't think they're going to win us ball games. So mm -hmm. to me, I'm highly critical of the offensive line because I want to see Josh be healthy. Now mm -hmm. we all know when Josh, you know, does things on his own when plays break down on the fly. We know he can make some dynamic things happen. He did it a ton last year. Mm -hmm. He probably will do it a ton more this year. He's already done it sometimes, but we can't live on that. Um, I would love to see Josh have a clean pocket, you know, more than he has this season, um, mm -hmm. just because he has the arm talent to beat any team defensively. So, mm -hmm. 
But on the other hand, what makes Josh special is his way to is his ability to adapt on the fly. So it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But we all want Josh Allen to be to be healthy. Um, you know, not taking into account what, how he runs when he does run the ball. Um, but what we can control is the pressure in the pocket, right? We we want him to be healthy. So. Mm-hmm. Everybody's concerned about running back and and Christian McCaffrey. If the Buffalo Bills could sign an offensive lineman, trade for offensive lineman, that's another way to upgrade the team as well. We can't just be fixated on the running back position. There's multiple ways where the Buffalo Bills can improve their team uh, before the trade deadline. Roy Collins, come on, A. Rich. We all know Mac Jones is the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> all right, we're going to get into our first segment. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to kind of gloat a little bit about this one. Um, because if you guys don't know, um, well, first let me let me do my little. All right, so this week's we kind of, we kind of stirred up a hornet's nest on Twitter, mm-hmm. and if you guys know our brand, you know me, you know Akeem, a lot of our personalities, our Twitter team. We don't do clickbait. We don't do fluff pieces just to get you to say things. We we like to do engaging posts. So one of our, our Twitter operators, a guy, a guy named Caleb, his uncle actually works at the Buffalo airport. And he had a conversation with me that Odell Beckham Jr. was sighted at the Buffalo airport per his uncle. So Mm -hmm. I vetted, I vetted this text message very thoroughly. I went back and forth for about 30 minutes before he posted this and said, Hey, I need you to make sure this is actual. This is Mm -hmm. factual. This Mm -hmm. isn't just stuff that we're putting off there for clicks. It's not fake news because we've Mm -hmm. all seen the tweets about so-and-so is at Duff's. So-and-so is at Tops. So-and-so is at Wegmans. So-and-so is at the airport. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, Rich, after we posted that, do you want to kind of give the timeline of what happened with OBJ if people that aren't used to following us on Twitter or don't see things in social media and are just kind of catching up for the first time? Well, um, just just to skim through it from what I remember in my head, after that, after we posted the con- uh, that tweet, right, first of all, there was no, there was no, uh, no fight back in terms of that source being incorrect, right? There's no OBJ actually came and commented on the built in Buffalo posts and he had no qualms about what was posted by built in Buffalo. So I think it's some significance there in terms of it being true or false, right? Even though nothing was clearly stated or said, Um, but fans started to uh, started to post and started to post in their negative light about OBJ saying they don't want him. They don't think he's a great teammate. Kind of, kind of like what we was hearing about Stefan Diggs uh, uh, several years ago before uh, he left Minnesota to come to the Buffalo bills. But this time social media, the darling it is Twitter, the savage it is OBJ actually saw the comment under the built in Buffalo post and commented back to the fans. And it started to become random discussions between Odell Beckham and fans about how he is as a teammate. He started opening up about uh, the Rams and uh, him not being offered any type of deal whatsoever. So I think 
that was that was a light shined and obj basically just uh spewed a lot of information under the buff bills and buffalo posts that i don't think we've saw anywhere else throughout the course of the season and off season so i think it was a it was a a, a, a crazy wild and an excellent turn of events that day between obj and his tweets under the bib post i mean it was i mean it was everywhere like his tweet mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. The, what the rams contract offer was to him was mm-hmm. everywhere they they asked sean mcveigh during his press conference about what mm-hmm. obj said in the comments mm-hmm. so again he never he never said no he never said yes i think he just started getting he started going ham on bills fans and then mm-hmm. there was a lot of bills fans that were extremely positive for having mm-hmm. him um you know wanting to have him on the team um mm-hmm. would you want obj oh uh, i w- i would want obj for the simple fact von miller seems to really want obj and if if it can happen because of certain things like that maybe chemistry maybe to make certain guys happy if if it had to come to that then yes and of course obj healthy is a would be a great addition but my concern is the now my concern is right now obj would not be available till around december he's coming off he's coming off some injuries He's coming off. He's coming off uh, some injuries. He tore his ACL last year in 2022. Uh, excuse me. Tore his ACL earlier this year, 2022. Tore his ACL in 2020. In, ni- in 2019, he had a sports hernia. Uh, in 2018, he had a leg quad bruise, which forced him to miss four games, the last four games of the regular season. And in 2017, he had a fractured ankle, right? And he had to miss that season. So my question would be. How much can OBJ help the Buffalo Bills immediately as soon as he come back from injury? Because we need that help. And what does OBJ have left when he's fully healthy? And those are two things I'm not sure I know the answer to this year. So it's it's a really touch and go process. If it's a, a Michael Gallup kind of contract, five years, $62 million, I'm not sure if I would do that. But if it's a little cheaper and a little shorter of a deal, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a flyer uh, uh, on an OBJ. I think, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a comment from our guy Air Allen. Um, are you two doing Bills Allergy regularly together? So, for those of you that don't know, I've been MIA for about the better part of a year, just with life and a bunch of other stuff going on. I moved twice in the last year. Um, but Billsology is Akeem and myself's brainchild that we, when we started Built in Buffalo almost three years ago now, this was our, our first show that we did live on Saturday nights. Um, I will be coming back. Um, I do have some stuff work, worked out this week. Hopefully I can get my Wi-Fi situated at the house. I live in like the worst dead spot in the history of ever. Um, but that's a great comment, man. I, I appreciate you, Air Allen. Um, but yeah, get used to seeing me with A-Rich because this is, this is how we roll. And my guy Rico's in the house dropping a super chat. I appreciate you, man. I, that, very awesome that you dropped 10 bucks, dude. I appreciate that. Um, good to see you, brother, shopping it up together. Shout out Rico, man. Shout out Rico. Shout out Rico on Buffalo Fanatics. Um, mm-hmm. Does Diggs want OBJ is a real question. Does he actually want OB? Does he actually want OBJ? Um, I mean, we can only speculate that what he's saying is genuine, right? Because I feel like in this offense, there's enough for everybody to get 
the ball. I don't think OBJ would want to come wherever he goes, whether it's the Bills, back to the Giants, to the Rams, whatever team he lands with. I think that the complex is gone about he needs to be the alpha male. I think at this point mm-hmm. in his career, he understands coming off some injuries. He's moved around the league. He's played mm-hmm. on three different teams. Now whoever he signs with will be his fourth team. I think mm-hmm. he just wants to win at this point in his career. Um, mm-hmm. We all know how talented he was when he was with the Giants. We all know um, how much, you know, how many trends he was setting with the one-handed catches and all the stuff that he can do. Route running's great. I think that wherever he goes, he just wants to be in a winning organization. He wants to be in an organization that's going to care for him. That's mm-hmm. going to take, you know, that's going to want him to play for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's the bills that fits the bills mold. You know, ultimately if it comes down to money, I don't know if that pushes the bills out of, you know, contention because there's not a lot there with salary cap right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have to be like Akeem said, if he signs, you know, in the next, it's, I think it's going to be the next two weeks if he signs with the Bills, if he signs with the Bills because the bye week's here. And I feel mm-hmm. like with the with the trade deadline as the first, Bean's probably going to be working phones if there's things out there that he wants to trade for. If not, he's going to want to have OBJ signed by, probably by the Packers game on the 30th. Um, and I think and personally, I, and I think personally, right, just to, just to keep going on, on Rico's um, uh, uh, Super Chat, uh, I think personally, Diggs, Diggs is is or was in a similar situation as OBJ, so that's why I think he would welcome him, right? With I don't Adam, think Adam was, Thielen, yeah, right. With Adam Thielen and and the Minnesota Vikings, I think he had a, a a reputation at that time as being a diva, and the Minnesota Vikings fans gave him a reputation of being uh, hard to deal with and being a locker room cancer. So being that Stefan Diggs had that type of experience similar to what OBJ is going through right now, I believe Stefan Diggs will be one of the first to welcome an OBJ with, with, with open arms along with guys like Von Miller. I agree. And, and if you ask me, yes, I want OBJ. Give me all, give me, give me Josh, give me all the toys for Josh Allen for the playoffs. Give me as many options as possible because who are you guarding? Are you doubling Diggs? Are you doubling Davis? Are you doubling OBJ? So Shakir's now going to make plays. Like, give me all the options. And I honestly think that whether it be the Bills or whoever, I think he's to a point where this is going to be, he's going to have to. I appreciate you, Rico. While we're cute together. <laughs> um, God damn it. He got me all flustered now. Um, right. I think OBJ's to a point too where he I don't think he wants to be playing this carousel of where am I going to play next year. And plus he's he's, he's going to want to prove that he can come back from this injury, still be competitive, still be productive and he's going to be looking for another contract for 2023. So mm-hmm. That's all yep. I got on that. All right, so let's move on before we get into our main topic which is obviously this massive game, I think that's being played tomorrow. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. there's there's a big game tomorrow. Um, this week in Buffalo. All right, so this one made me happy. Um, Tredavious White was back at practice, and I gotta say, he looks pretty good. Um, the all the, the Buffalo media guys that have been putting videos out, there's a handful of them. I, I got to say that he's looked really good. 
Um, he doesn't look like he's shying away from running full speed, making cuts, um, and he looks like he's having a good time. He's, he's out there smiling. I think this team, when he comes back, I think it's just going to be another rallying cry. I don't know if they're going to need another one, but I know how much that locker room loves having him around and having his positive attitude on the field. So what do you, how did you feel when you saw that he was actually in the 21-week or 21-day window um, to return? I was I was delighted to see a, a guy like Tre'Davious White, man. We're 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 missing. We the Buffalo Bills are are winning games, and and it doesn't seem as if based on the results, right? It doesn't seem as if the Buffalo Bills are are missing pieces, but the Buffalo Bills are missing a a significant piece in Trey White. Uh, uh Pro Bowl in twenty, uh, All Pro in twenty nineteen. Uh, two-time Pro Bowler, 16 career interceptions. And I know a lot of people will say, well, hey, uh, Leslie Frazier defense, all D-backs play well in Leslie Frazier defense, right? Kevin Johnson, EJ Gaines, all these D-backs play well. But when you have a guy like Trey White and you have a guy with his instincts and his athletic ability and his IQ, and you combine that with a Leslie Frazier system, when Trey White is healthy, you have all pro caliber product on that football field. And I think that's something that we don't have right now with our cornerbacks, are all pro caliber players. So we're getting back an all pro caliber player in Tredavious White. And it was, even, even if we don't see the best of Trey White this season, it's just great to see him on the football field. And it's going to be even greater of a feeling to actually watch him in the game. And hopefully it's Sunday night football at home against the Green Bay Packers. Agreed. You know what's kind of scary is that the Bills are missing an all-pro corner and an all-pro safety, and they're four and one. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Micah Hyde and Trey had been playing all season. It's that's 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 just insane to think about, um, and that's why I feel like it's important to get Jordan Poyer extended. And I don't want to stir up a hornet's nest about the Jordan Poyer contract and his age and money and stuff like that. Cause I know everybody in Bill's mafia has an opinion one way or the other, however you side. But um, again, it was just nice to see Trey um, and shameless plug to our, our, our blog, our website. If you guys haven't checked it out, we, we have a, a great team of writers that drop articles daily. Our guy mm-hmm. Cam is our editor. Um, we have awesome information coming out every day. We do predictions. We do injury updates. We do stuff throughout the week, players of the game. We do all kinds of good stuff over there, and those guys do an excellent job, so shout out to them. Um, next up, Micah Hyde had surgery this week. Um, I think there was a lot of speculation about his injury um, going into you know the past couple weeks. There was a lot of speculation if it was his neck, if it was a herniated disc in his back. <clears throat> Um, so I'm glad that there was some clarification. I'm glad he had successful surgery. Um, recovery time between six to nine months. Um, if I'm a betting man, we'll see him. I mean, nine months from now, that puts us right around training camp. So if I'm a betting man, we'll see him uh, sooner than later, just because that's the type of athlete and competitor that he is, similar to Tredavious White. Um, any thoughts on the, the Micah Hyde surgery? Uh, I'm just glad that uh, he's he's able to continue and resume his football career. You know, when you play, when you have an injury like that, especially that to that type of area on your body, you don't know what may happen, right? So, uh, I'm glad uh, surgery went well; it was successful, and I'm glad he'll be able to resume. 
uh, appreciate you, Izzy. And I'm glad he'll be able to uh, resume football activities uh, next season. But I will say this. Micah Hyde is, is turning 32 next year when the season starts. Jordan Poyer will be 32 when the season starts. I know both these players have been Ironman for the Buffalo Bills over the course of the last five years, but we're starting to see some, some injuries, a little, maybe a little breakdown between the safeties. Poyer missing some time. Micah Hyde out for the year. Uh, Jaquan Johnson is a free agent at the end of the season. I do think the Buffalo Bills have to rectify this situation at the offseason with the safety and possibly uh, with, uh, with, uh, with a significant uh, uh, draft capital, first, second, or third round pick, uh, adding the safety. But we'll, we'll see what happens later that time. Uh, I'm glad Micah Hyde has successful surgery, and I hope we see him soon. Yeah, McDermott, Frazier, and Bean are all high in DeMar Hamlin, too. And he's been yeah. playing, he's Love been Hamlin. playing good. Yep. He's been playing he really good. So yes. it'll be, it's going to be interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Last one, me and a rich were talking about this before we came on, because there's, there's a little bit of confusion with the Buffalo bills Friday injury report, which obviously we know they don't put one out on Saturday. This is typically when they rule players out because that way that, they, you know, if they want to travel or if they don't want to travel for Saturday for road games. So we all know, Jake Kumar, I, I hope he gets healthy soon because he's just another asset. And he looked like mm-hmm. he was building some nice rapport with Josh early in the mm-hmm. season. He had that big catch against the Titans, which which mm-hmm. really showed his athleticism. Jordan mm-hmm. Phillips, I don't want to talk about Jordan Phillips too much because I just love the guy. I love what he brings to the field in the locker room and, and just him, his presence. Um, but these hamstring injuries, this is dating back to when two or three years ago he had hamstring issues. So – but the obvious thing on this list, what stands out to you if you look at this, Akeem, besides the fact that there's a lot of dashes, which means the guys are going to be game-time decisions? What, what stands out the most on this list? What stands out the most to me is the very first guy, Chris, Christian Benford. Limited, limited, limited game status. Got the dash. Is he playing? Is he not playing? He had that fractured hand. What, what's going on with Christian Benford? Club somebody or what? what's going on? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I just I, – I know he was practicing all week with obviously it said limited, but there's videos of him and Trey both in the red non-contact, the red non-contact jersey. So I don't know if he maybe he's going to be a game time scratch. I don't know inactive. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. if he's back, that's that's awesome. I mean that that's just mm-hmm. another um, step for our, our our DBs because if you watch Kyrie Elam, yes, you had a nice interception, but you got picked on by Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett. And you were going up against a rookie wide receiver most of the game. I know you came out and said that you don't want this to happen. It's a, a lesson learned, things like that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he's Elam's played good most of the season. I, I would say they they haven't. There hasn't been a lot of QBs that have targeted him. Mm-hmm. But you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you're playing Patrick Mahomes, so mm-hmm. that kind of concerned me. Seeing Elam get picked on by Pickett a little bit last week until he came up with that, that, that pick, but I don't know. He, it's a different quarterback this week that he's going up against. And I'm pretty sure Andy Reed is just as smart as Sean McDermott and knows how to prepare for rookies on the opposing teams, not quarterbacks, but this time a corner back. So, and it's, and it's going to be, and, and I will say this in terms of the injury report before we move on is at least nice against Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium against Patrick Mahomes that they do have their full complement of weapons. 
uh, Crowder aside, right? McKenzie's going to be back. Dawson Knox going to be back. I think that's going to be important for the offense. And defensively, having a guy like Jordan Poirier back, having a guy like Tremaine Edmonds back. Uh, the defensive line, we spoke about Jordan Phillips, but having that defensive line back in intact is going to be vital against a Patrick Mahomes and 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 uh, implementing pressure on him and taking him down. We saw the struggles we had in the past with applying pressure to Patrick Mahomes and actually taking down the quarterback. So we'll see what happens tomorrow with this new and we hope revamped and improved defensive front for the Buffalo Bills against a premier quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. But it's great that uh, the injury report stands as it does right now, and they should be playing. You know what's funny? And then we'll get into um, our main part of the show is we, we, me and you were clamoring for CB2 for God knows Levi Wallace's entire tenure, right? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, look at the depth now. Mm -hmm. Tredavious White, Kair Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford. I mean, and now oh, they got Xavier, Xavier Rhodes. About, yeah, yeah, we've been talking hey. about Xavier Rhodes. Yep. Like, is, are the bill? Is he going to come back? And the Bills are going to be like, eh, just kidding. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, are they going to activate like seven or eight deep, nine DBs on game day? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the depth at corner is ridiculous right now. So that's that's just it's nice to see finally after us talking about CB2 for so long. It feels like yep. it feels like it was like five years that we were talking about it. All right. We're going to get into the main topic of the show because I think this is going to be it's not going to get heated, but I think I'm going to get super passionate and pumped up about this. I know a rich will. So. 13 seconds happened. All right. It's done. It's over. We, we've had to hear about it since January. Mm -hmm. We get it. It's still being played. Before the before we came on, the NFL Network had the Bills Chiefs playoff game on, and I, I I had to shut it off when it got after the Bills scored the last touchdown with 13 seconds left. Um, watching <clears throat> watching all these media outlets because you can't stop. It's like a car accident, right? You have to watch. You have to see what they're going to say, whether it's good, bad, or in the middle. Um, in the beginning of the week. The mood seemed to be very pro Bills in the beginning of the week. Monday, Tuesday, it seemed like there was a lot of people jumping on the Bills bandwagon. Towards the end of the week, it seemed like people were starting to take a little bit of an about face and starting to throw the one in three record that Josh has against um, against Mahomes, mm -hmm. and you know, the, he two two times in the playoffs and all this stuff and. Mahomes has a Super Bowl and an MVP and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So to me, this right here is what needs to be talked about first, I think. Um, it's the it's the teacher versus the student. It's the Andy Reid tree. It's what however you want to call it because – I, I feel like most of Bill's mafia that if there was a little bit of some coaching adjustments made in that game, it would have went differently. I think personally. Um, now McDermott called one hell of a game um, against the chiefs in the regular season. So what does Sean McDermott versus Andy Reed mean to you as far as the history, what needs to happen in to, you know, tomorrow, all that stuff. Just put these guys together head to head and you tell me what what has to happen, what has happened, where do they stand, you know, yada yada yada. 
Uh, Andy Reid, Sean McDermott is, you know, it's the mentor versus the mentee. Um, the Buffalo Bills are 0-2 in the playoffs against against the Kansas City Chiefs. Therefore, McDermott 0-2 against Reed in the playoffs. It's about it's about getting over the hump right now with Sean McDermott, right? I think he's looked at as an above average coach. Uh, maybe he'll have some arguments with being an elite coach, and I think some people will have a pushback on that and say, "Hey, uh, he has to win the win the elite games and." and and the and beat the elite coaches well this is one of those times where he's going to have to get over that hump and it's a stepping stone uh sean mcdermott is a stepping stone to to try to beat uh andy reed and the 13 seconds from last year yes it hurts for the obvious because we all felt that the buffalo bills shouldn't have of let up a lead with 13 seconds left but it hurts because or it hurts me because in my heart of hearts, I truly feel if the Buffalo Bills do defeat the Kansas City Chiefs, they will win the Super Bowl. They would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals, would have beat the Rams, and would have hoisted that Lombardi Trophy. So that was why, besides the obvious 13 seconds, uh, just just hurt so much uh, for myself. But uh, Sean McDermott has to prove now he can he can be that guy to to dethrone his mentor. And and get over the hump. He has to be that guy. Now, there's been a lot of a lot of guys that's been under Andy Reid, right? We're talking about Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Ron Rivera, Steve Spagnolia, uh, uh, John Harbaugh, to name a few. And I'm not sure how much success these other coaches have against Andy Reid, but if the Buffalo Bills wanna be Super Bowl champions and wanna get to that next level and wanna get to the talk where people start saying unanimously that Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, that Josh Allen is indeed better than Patrick Mahomes and Sean McDermott is indeed on the level of Andy Reid, they're going to have to win those big games. And it starts, in my opinion, it starts tomorrow, even in the regular season, because I want home field advantage. The Buffalo Bills want home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and that's why tomorrow's game means everything uh, uh, for this team, in my opinion. I agree with you 100%. I think um, uh, there's a huge mental aspect to the – I mean, these guys are humans, right? I mean, it's just like anything that you do, if you do it over and over and you don't succeed, it's got to mess with your head, right? Um, now, a little bit more in depth with coaching and, and play calling and, and things like that. Um, I posted something on Twitter this week, and I, I said this guy, this guy needs to have the biggest game on Sunday for the Bills, and it was a picture of Sean McDermott. And I think that he needs to get, I think sometimes Sean McDermott gets in his head a little bit too much um, because we've all seen some, he's grown, but we've seen some in-game decisions that you're like, bro, you got three timeouts and a half, use them no matter what, no matter what, use the timeouts. You got challenges, use the challenges. There's some things on fourth down. There's, there's just been some stuff. He's gotten progressively better over his now into his now sixth season as the Bills head coach. So you got to think that Sean McDermott has learned from a lot of the stuff now he's played. Um, this is because the Bills played the Chiefs in 2017, right? I believe. I believe so, yes. And won. Yeah, so, and that was before Patrick Mahomes was actually put in as the starting quarterback. So now this is his fifth time playing against Andy Reid. So if we're going to start calling you 
one of the best coaches in the NFL. We should be nominating you for coach of the year. Games like this are when you need to show that that's factual and that we should be talking about that. Um, and I don't care if it's week six or week 16. Wins are wins. You stack them for a reason so that you can get the number one seed and let all the other teams come through Orchard Park in January and February. That's 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 the bottom line. Um yeah. Most definitely. And it's easy to score, right? It's easy to put up uh, uh, 300 yards early in the game or it's easy to score 25 points when you up 20 or down 20 and don't have that pressure, right? Uh, Coach Coach Sean McDermott, uh, he does a good job in the beginning of games, right? He does a good job with, 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 with clock management or making adjustments. It's when things get tight. Can Sean McDermott continue to coach well and make the right decisions when games get tight, when games get crucial, when there's adversity that must be faced? Sean McDermott must prove that he can indeed make those right decisions and come away victorious against an Andy Reid during crunch time. Because we know, I see through the history that Andy Reid is going to push the right buttons in crunch time. Can Sean McDermott can now follow suit and push those right buttons? Because every game is not going to be a blowout. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And we saw last year that the Bills can score. We've seen this year the Bills can score. I mean, now <clears throat> the Miami game was a one-off because of all the injuries and stuff. The game against the Ravens, they're playing a good Ravens team that was controlling somewhat controlling the clock. They still came back to win. But the Bills have been putting up 30 points Week two, week one, week two, last week. So we know they can score, but again, be that team that can be the complete team. We've mm -hmm. seen in the second half of yeah. every single game this year that you are making adjustments. They've only given up one touchdown, seven points in the second half all season. Those are the adjustments that mm -hmm. I think are going to need to be made tomorrow to keep this game where it should be. Um, all right, so moving on. So, I call it a rematch of the heavyweights. I wanted to talk a little bit about the offensive and defensive lines um, because I think this is a topic that's not been discussed a lot. Everybody's been focused on the weapons for the Bills, the quarterbacks for the Bills and the Chiefs, um, but not a lot of, in the DBs. Not a lot of people are talking about the offensive and defensive lines because I ultimately, I ultimately in my heart of hearts feel like this is where this game is going to be won. Um, specifically for the Bills on the defensive side of the ball. You have to be careful. You go ahead and blitz Patrick Mahomes and try to do circa Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, but that could come to bite you in the ass too. I think there needs to be a plan. They need to stick to what they've done all season. They are not blitzing, and they are still getting to the quarterback. I think that's what needs to happen you need to let your back seven do their job. You need to – I mean, it sounds funny, but it's going to be a challenge. But I think if you have a constant dose of Vaughn Miller, Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Ed Oliver, um, you know, Jordan Phillips if he plays, all these guys, let them just – you don't have to blitz Patrick Mahomes to get to him because he's like Josh Allen. When he starts doing stuff outside the pocket, that's when – his receivers start to get separation. Um, and we got two rookies potentially playing in this game. Um, and Dane Jackson, who's playing good, but he's still young. Um, so what's your thoughts on the line, on the line play? 
uh, it, it's, it's definitely something that I'm going to be watching both sides of the ball, especially, especially in my opinion, the defense is the defensive line. Uh, I think they, they're going to have to come out and play, right? The Buffalo Bills, we see them lo- lose games because of Hail Mary with Kyle Murray a couple of years back. And the Buffalo Bills struggled to, to get to and take down Kyle Murray. We saw the Buffalo Bills struggle to get to and take down Patrick Mahomes last year in the playoffs where he was extending drives and running around using his legs and, and be a significant force in that department. So uh, this defensive line, this revamped defensive line with Tim Settle, uh, uh, Daquan Jones, the addition of Von Miller, the development of Gregory Russo and Basham and AJ Epinesa. How does how does this revamped defensive line uh, perform against a Kansas City Chiefs offensive line? Can they get to the quarterback? Can they pressure Patrick Mahomes? Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and the Las Vegas Raiders last week was was having success on certain defensive uh, defensive uh, 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 stances because they was able to put pressure and and get to a Patrick Mahomes. Can the Buffalo Bills revamp defensive line do that? Can Von Miller and Gregory Rousseau, who leads the Bills in sacks with four piece, get to a Patrick Mahomes? If they're not getting to Patrick Mahomes and winning their one-on-one matchups, can Leslie Frazier recognize that in time and make the necessary adjustments? Tremaine Edmonds and and DeMar Hamlin got sacks. Do we have to get exotic on certain plays so they can get to Patrick Mahomes? So I think it's it's uh, for me, um, I'm paying attention to both trenches, but definitely the, the defensive line because the Kansas City Chiefs have a guy uh, over there in Patrick Mahomes that we must contain in order to proclaim victorious. So I'm um, definitely looking at the, the defensive front for the Buffalo Bills. I think so too. And I think that having Micah Hyde, this might be one of those games where that shows not having Micah Hyde out there. Um, the Bills like to use Jordan Poyer in some blitz packages. That's because they have Micah Hyde back there. Now you have, you can't have Jordan Poyer do that because you now have DeMar Hamlin back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to think about. I think that, Teron Johnson is going to have to have a really good game because he might be the guy that's covering Travis Kelsey, Um, you know, either Milano Edmonds, but Taron Johnson needs to also step up. But to me, going with the offensive and defensive line theme, we could touch on the Bills offensive line because Chris Mm -hmm. Jones has been a headache for the Bills um, the past two seasons. Not so much Mm -hmm. um, last year during the regular season, but he was a headache. The year before in the AFC Championship game, we all know how that went down. He was a headache last year in the playoffs, and he's mm-hmm. having a really good season. And that mm-hmm. was what we were talking about earlier with the Bills off with the Bills offensive line. I'm mm-hmm. a little concerned about their pass rush um, mm-hmm. because the last two games, the Bills have started out a little sloppy in the beginning. We do not want to be playing catch up. We have the offense to do it, but I don't think we want to be relying heavily on just run and gun the whole game. I think we want to control the line, both offensive and defensively, come out strong and be leading this entire game. Um, Josh fumbled a couple weeks ago. Josh threw a pick last week. Like, you know, I mean, things like that are going to happen. But I, I, I'm i concerned a little bit with our offensive line. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Josh is going to have to get the ball out quick. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on the Chiefs D line against the Bills offensive line? 
Uh, I and I actually I I had that as Chris Jones as as one of my one of my keys to the game, right? I think the Buffalo Bills uh, offensive line. Well, obviously, well, then here, let's do this. Let's just go right into it. <laughs> you can just run right in. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I'm well, throwing you off. It's been a while. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. Keys to the game. We get we we could get right to it. We can't. We gotta con- contain Chris Jones. We can't let. Chris Jones wrecked the game on the interior because I think that's where most teams it looks like have their success against the Buffalo Bills offensive line. And that's the interior between the guards, uh, with the guards in the center. We can't let Chris Jones wreck this game. We have to uh, know where he is at all times. We have to put a body on him, put a hat on him, even double him where we see fit. We cannot let Chris Jones wreck this game. If the Buffalo Bills can contain him, uh, I, I I like their chances to to have some success on the offensive line, offensive side of the ball, and for the offensive line to have some success. Um, I have a number of keys here. If you want me to keep going, you want to just go back and forth? Let's do it. Let's do All it. All right. So to me, the biggest thing because I did watch the game, the divisional round game, mm-hmm. and I did watch the game during the regular season. They were different. They were just the games were just different. So to me. What the Bills didn't do well in the playoffs was tackling. This Mm. team, and I'm not talking about like they can't tackle people. I'm talking about rally to the damn ball like Mm -hmm. you did in week five. That's Mm -hmm. a way to, you got to keep everything in front of you. We all know the Bills have the bend, but don't break. Don't, Don't let, once they get towards the red zone, we don't break and we hold them the field goals. Well, I'm talking about, Everything else. I'm talking about all the underneath stuff. I'm talking about the running game. I'm talking about the linebackers picking the right hole to go into. Um, the DBs reading the run plays, the pass plays, keep everything in front of you. Just finish your damn tackles. That's all I, I ask. We've I love it. We've I feel like we me and you have talked about this way too many times. We have mm-hmm. all these guys on this defense, the number one defense in the NFL the past couple seasons. And even this year, and not so much this year, it's the tackling hasn't been bad, but like just finish your tackles. Like there's so much talent to just not be doing basic, you know, fundamental tackling, like wrapping up, they're diving at guys' legs and just mm-hmm. t- trying to tackle people up high. Like just just finish mm-hmm. your tackles. That that's my first key to the game. I like it. I like that a lot. You you absolutely you are absolutely right. The Buffalo Bills, especially in that that game last year, McCole Hardman got loose. It seems like the Buffalo Bills struggled with tackling and rallying to the football. So that's definitely going to be imperative to uh to 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 have in in tomorrow's matchup. But I'm gonna go ahead and and give my other key, my next key: score touchdowns. Score touchdowns. Uh, not field goals. Field goals is not going to beat the Chiefs. Take advantage of the opportunities that's given to you. Stop leaving points on the field. Last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills won 38-3. It should have been 50-plus points to three. Uh, driving down the field on one possession on a, on a muff, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a muff punt. We end up getting the ball on on plus side of the field. We end up punting that possession. That's a, that's no good. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills type offense, that potent offense, they have to take advantage of that turnover and get points. Josh Allen driving down the field, another possession, throws an interception to Levi Wallace. 
absolutely unacceptable cannot happen you have to get points that possession you can't get leave points uh off the football field against a team like the kansas city chiefs last but certainly not least we're driving down the field on another possession we're on the goal line and tight end quentin morris fumbles the ball and the pittsburgh steelers get it back right those things cannot happen against good above average uh to elite football teams when you have an opportunity to uh uh hit him with the jugular you have to do so you have to take advantage uh of all opportunities and the buffalo bills have to do so tomorrow against the chiefs all right my next key is start fast and i kind of said that a few minutes ago i think that the bills have they've done a little bit of everything they've they've started fast and kind of tapered off towards halftime and then mm-hmm. last week obviously we, they scored 31 points in the first half so i'm not mm-hmm going to you know discredit any of that but mm-hmm. i think you need to be leading this entire just this entire game um start start fast like you said start with a nice touchdown drive and keep mm-hmm. and keep it moving forward um I, I don't i don't want this to become three and out um or even like six and out um or an opening drive that goes for a field goal because then i don't want to have to be playing catch up um, now this is a different team than the team that played last year. We've made some additions offensively and defensively to kind of compete with, with the chiefs, but I just want them to come out full throttle and pedal to the floor, whatever you got to do to get touchdowns in the first half and just keep the pressure on Kansas city. Um, I don't want this to be where it's something where all the pressures on Josh, not saying that he can't handle it. So don't, I don't want to go there. Um, I, I just want to put the pressure on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid because that's what happened week five last year. They were coming from behind, and I think that caused them to make some mistakes. The Bills played one hell of a game last year defensively, um, but they were coming from behind, and it feel like the pressure – I want the pressure to be <clears> – excuse me – on the Chiefs. I don't want any pressure on the Bills. So that's my, my second key to the game. Uh, I like it. I like it. I'm uh, I'll keep it going. This one is real simple. Just play a clean game, play a clean, a clean game on the road, limit penalties, turnovers and mistakes, right? Josh Allen. We don't need him fumbling. We don't need him turning the ball over James Cook, the, the, the rookie running back. I think the Buffalo bills are trying to give him every opportunity to get more significant snaps at that running back position. And he has to take heed to that. And uh, and part of 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 the way he can do that is 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 holding on to, to the football, building that trust and that rap the rapport with his coaching staff and with his quarterback, so uh, we can put him in the game in 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 crucial moments and trust him that he can make the crucial plays. So I think definitely limiting mistakes penalties is, is going to be crucial because the young, some young guys is going to play tomorrow right james cook is going to get some run tomorrow uh khalil shakir is going to get some run tomorrow so we 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 we, we have to hope that uh we can we can play sound fundamental football in a in a hostile environment i agree all right my last one i don't know how many you got but my last right, that's, one, that's it that's it that's it all right my last one is we have to keep patrick mahomes from improvising we mm. saw it last year. He's not the he's not Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Right. He's not. But when he needs to be, he will be. We saw too many times in that game where we chased him, we chased him, we chased him. We couldn't get to him. We're diving at his ankles, and he just cuts up field. He does that little 
right at the black line on the TV where the line of scrimmage is, and he does that little fake, and then he goes down the sideline for 15 yards. Like, we, we have to keep him from doing all his sideways shit, his no-look passes, the flea flicker stuff that he likes to do. We have to just contain him in the pocket. Let him use his arm to beat us. Now, some people might call me a fool for that, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have him in the pocket where our DBs are covering their receivers than letting him run for three, four, five seconds. And that's when coverage breaks down. Mm-hmm. when they have to continuously chase after these wide receivers and tight ends. So mm-hmm. let's just keep Mahomes in the pocket. Hopefully we can put him on the ground a bunch tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can get some um, some return on investment. Not saying that we haven't yet, but the reason why we brought you in, Vaughn, was for this mm-hmm. Moments purpose like right this. here. This mm-hmm. purpose right here. Not saying you can't, you're not going to do it down the stretch in the playoffs, whatever, but mm-hmm. we need you to get to Mahomes. Group, mm-hmm. we need you to get to Mahomes. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think they will. But um, all right, we'll move on to mm-hmm. players that need to step up. I love it. I love it. Well, players, uh, players that need to step up and have an impact. I'm just I'm just gonna gonna put it like this: all the Buffalo Bills players that we think are are the great players, the impact players, the leaders, the pro bowlers, the all pro guys, the guys that get the the glitz and glamour. This is the game where you want to show up, right? This is the game where 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 you're needed the most. If you want to go into a hostile environment against a Super Bowl contending team that's accustomed to success and uh, uh, winning a Lombardi Trophy. Your 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 core players have to play big moments and big games. So Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Von Miller, uh, those guys, your core players have to step up in moments like this, and I think they will. So yes, Ed Oliver is another guy who has to step up and play get play big. So uh Elam is another guy. I I have him as a as uh, uh, under the radar, but uh, it's definitely a team effort. Everybody has to step up, but especially the leaders impacting core players for the Buffalo Bills. All right, I want to ask the chat. We've still got a bunch of people in here. First off, smash the like if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, share this if you <clears throat> share this if you can, if you want to. Um, we greatly appreciate that. I want to ask everybody in the chat, which player or players on the Bills you think need to step up the most tomorrow i'm gonna let this go for a second before i give my um i have two guys Mm -hmm. and they go hand in hand so um everybody in the chat drop your player or players and don't say josh allen because he's going to we know he's going to show up Mm -hmm. um and then i'll let this go for a minute i'll I'll take a look through some comments here uh jeff jeff yingling says yin yang says phillips if he plays he also says james cook Bart Upchurch says Dawson Knox. Knox. I, I, I too want to see a healthy Dawson Knox. Um, I don't think he's been healthy all season. I think this is mm-hmm. something that happened during preseason. It's just kind of been lingering. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully he got the treatment this past couple weeks. Uh, Vaughn Miller and Kyer Elam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam says Devin Singletary and Edmonds on defense. Puka mm-hmm. uh, 3 says right tackle, right tackle. which is Spencer Brown. Kim says Oliver and Dean Jackson. Mm-hmm. 
Royce Shakir. Ed Oliver. All right, here's my two I like guys. I, like I need I need I need you to have a show me game. A game where it's holy shit, watch the film. These guys took over the game. Mm-hmm. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. This is the game I need you to show me that you guys are going to be the linebacking core for this team for the next five years, at least. Tremaine Edmonds, show me that this is the game where you're going to say, okay, Travis Kelsey's had my number, not anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking Tremaine Edmonds. I think that he's had a really good season so far. Breaking mm-hmm. down film has shed a whole new light on me for what the Bills ask of a young Tremaine Edmonds to do. And Matt Milano, he showed up so far. And he even said in the offseason that he is coming to wreck shop this season. And we all know he had the pick six against the Titans. He's been playing really good football. Mm-hmm. But together, I think this needs to be don't even try anything over the middle, Mahomes. Don't try to run up the middle. Don't don't try any of that shit with Kelsey. <clears throat> don't try anything over the middle because we're going to be here and we're, we're taking care of it. Um and this needs to be the game that I want to see splash plays from Tremaine Edmonds. You're bigger than everybody else that you're going up again against every single play. You are like bigger it. than everybody. I like. I it a need lot. to see this week where you can show us that you can make splash plays. We don't need you to do it all the time, but tomorrow I need you to do that because um, Matt Milano does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Matt Milano makes splash plays. Matt Milano is all around the ball. So mm-hmm. those are my two guys. I like um, it a lot. In the comments, what you guys think, um, but I just need, I need, I feel like we get, we have this linebacking core that I would put them up there in the top, top seven to five ish in the NFL so far this season, but I feel like it's one week one guy's really outperforming, and then another guy is outperforming the next week. I want them both to just be bing bang boom. We're, we're going to put the Chiefs in their place, and this is the week that I think it needs to happen. Um, I want to see it happen. And a lot and a lot of reads from a quarterback is is predicated off of what they see from the middle linebacker. Right. So it's it's kind of like a, a chess match between the quarterback on the defense, which is the middle linebacker, which is in our case, Tremaine Edmonds and the opposition quarterback in which in tomorrow's case is Patrick Mahomes. Can Tremaine Edmonds prove that he can be a thorn in the quarterback's side can he can he can he play that chess piece because in the past when Tremaine Edmonds plays against elite uh type quarterbacks high IQ type quarterbacks he he tends to struggle so can tomorrow did we we're going to see in tomorrow's game how much Tremaine Edmonds actually improved this is the game we're going to see well you know what, Tremaine Edmonds is come a long way. He is definitely making improvements. Or you know what, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds, yeah, he looks pretty good, but he's still he's still giving us the same results against against big time elite competition, and that's not what we want to see. So we're going to see exactly what Tremaine Edmonds, how far he came from one season to a next against the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow. I mean, <clears throat> from this year to last year, I can already tell just by watching the first five games of film this year 
as opposed to I went back and, and handpicked a bunch of games, you know, like I handpicked the Chiefs playoffs game. And there, there's, a, there's a couple other games that, that I looked at for similar things. He is doing a lot of things, I don't want to say better, but he's with more success, I should say. Um, because a lot of Bills fans don't know that what the defense is predicated on, he doesn't get credit for tackles in, in tackles for loss and sacks and things like that, pass breakups, because he has to do something to make another part of this defense work, like Matt Milano. Um, whether it be plug a hole so that Matt Milano can run free around the edge, whether it line up at the line like you're blitzing and then drop back in coverage to confuse the quarterback in the offense. There's a lot of stuff that he has to do. But tomorrow, I want to see some friggin' splash plays. I want to see you tip some damn balls. You're six foot five, mm-hmm. if not taller. You mm-hmm. have a wingspan <clears throat> that's like ridiculous, almost to up there with Groot. Make some plays. I want to see you attack ball carriers, like head on, get after it. Mm-hmm. Because we know Milano will do that. We know Poyer will do that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting all worked up. All right, like moving it. on to the next topic. I like it. I think um, – hold on. It's, where's that? There it is. Players that need to step up tomorrow. You want to go first, A. Rich? Sure. I got a – you know, I got a, a a decent list of players that need to step up. Uh, let's start with a wide receiver. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are getting the production that I thought we was going to get thus far. Now the TDs are there. He has three. But one guy got hurt. Another guy in Kaya, uh, um, Khalil Shakir, is going to get more time because of the crowd of injury. Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie is a guy that is going to have to step up. Who knows how they're going to cover digs? How they, are they going to cover digs like they did last year? They're going to try to double digs and make other guys beat them. Now I'm pretty sure Gabe Davis have their attention, so they're probably going to pay some attention to him as well. So if they're going to pay attention to a guy like Diggs, if they're going to pay attention to a guy like uh, Gabe Davis, who else is going to be out there that that can add a dimension and can be a mismatch nightmare and 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 possibly step up? And that guy is is Isaiah McKenzie on the offensive side of the ball. Another guy, Dawson Knox. I know he's he's been injury riddled and he hasn't been himself throughout the course of the season, but he just got a lucrative deal at that tight end position. He's now paid as as one of the premier tight ends in this league. And because of his contract, I actually feel that he should be a guy that must step up. But uh, we're going to put him in the in the under the radar category with this segment. Nevertheless, Dawson Knox is one of those guys that has to be a mismatch nightmare as well, right? Uh, uh, Motor Singletary, Motor Singletary is another guy that I'm looking at to to step up and make some plays, catch the ball out the backfield, uh, be explosive running between the tackles, and be efficient running the football. So those three guys on offense, I'm looking to to see if they can they can step up and, and and make a bigger impact that we all thought the uh, excuse me that we all think they can make and on the defensive side of the ball I'm looking at uh two players two young players in the secondary Kair Elam and Demar Hamlin uh Patrick Mahomes is going to be is going to be picking on young players he's going to be uh looking to take advantage of young inexper- inexperienced players and i think those two players in particular are going to have to come and 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 bring their lunch pails and 
and, uh, and play an exceptional game on the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. All right, let's do, because I think I kind of skipped into it. Let's do under the radar. Mm, yeah, I'll go. I'll bad. go for. It. I'll, no, no, that's, no, that's okay. I, mm-hmm. I think I kind of bleeded all the banners together. Um, under the radar, <clears throat> a guy's name that we haven't mentioned a lot, but then I watch film and look at PFF and Boogie Basham. Mm. He has played exceptional when called upon this year. He's got an interception. He's got sack. He's got tackles for loss. He's got pass deflections. Mm-hmm. He looks good. And I think that if they get some a little bit heavier snap count, I think that he could be an un, I'm saying I'm not saying he's going to be the, the player of the game. I'm saying he could be an under under the radar player to watch tomorrow. Um, just based off of what I've seen, he's only played, he's getting like 15 to 20, not even snaps a game. But his PFF grade is off the chart because he's actually producing when he's in the game. And we've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. The sack that Vaughn Miller had on Lamar Jackson was because, not solely because, a lot to do with what Boogie Basham yeah, did, did on the other side of the field or on the other side of the line. So what's one of your under-the-radar players? Uh, under-the-radar players. I like the Boogie Basham. I like the Boogie Basham. And – I'm going to go ahead and, and give you his running mate, A.J. Epinesa, right? We're talking about the Buffalo Bills and, and impact players and Von Miller and Gregory Russo, but the reason why we can label A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham as under-the-radar players is because the Buffalo Bills run a heavy rotation on the defensive line, and when you run a heavy rotation on the defensive line, everybody's going to get significant snaps, Right. And AJ Epinesa has two and a half sacks uh, uh, this season. I believe he's third on the team in sacks behind Russo and Von Miller. And I think this is a guy that can that can come in and 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 make an impact and get a key sack or a key tackle or a key force fumble. So I'm definitely looking at uh, AJ Epinesa as as somebody under the radar that can that can come up and be an impact this game. All right. My next one, I feel like they're. I, I've been calling for this since week, I don't know, week two, week three. I think that James Cook mm. is, is going to have. Uh, oh, that's why we drafted him moment. Now, mm. the touchdown that he scored, and this is going to be a little bit of a, a side discussion. The touchdown that he scored, no other running back on this roster can do that. The way that he was able to get through the hole. And mm-hmm. just after he got past the defenders, the speed mm-hmm. to just cut into the end zone. None mm-hmm. of the other running backs, not Moss, not Motor, none of those guys can do that. Um, I feel like that you know the Chiefs aren't game planning for James Cook. They're game planning for Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and maybe Devin Singletary. They're not game planning because the Bills have not utilized him up until it was the fourth quarter and it was garbage time last week, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like this might be a time where you get a little bit of some screen action, maybe some pitch plays, get him out in space, have him build some more confidence off of his touchdown from last week. And I feel like this is the time to do that and keep the, the keep the chiefs guessing as to why he's in the game. Is it a run play? Is it a pass play? We don't know. Um, but it's under the radar. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, 
just be dynamic and he's going to have 20 carries for 115 yards. I think there's going to be one or two plays where we're going to be like, okay, I now see why we drafted James Cook. So I like it. I like it. One more for the role. Khalil Shakir. Shakir is Shakir is a guy I spoke about McKenzie a little bit, but Shakir is a guy that is doing nothing but taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. And I think he's warranted some more opportunities in tomorrow's game. I also think that uh, it's definitely a possibility he can he can be on the return game to some capacity, kick return, punt return. So uh, Khalil Shakir. Uh, uh, is definitely a guy that I, I'll be looking at and looking forward to to seeing how he plays in this big game with his first experience. We're talking about the two rookies, James Cook and Khalil Shakir. Uh, Shakir, we'll see how they fare in tomorrow's big matchup. This is a, a, a welcome to the NFL type game for those two rookies. Yeah, I think, in, I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think that Khalil Shakir is a little bit of a step ahead of Cole Beasley. Honestly, I'm, I know it's, it's, I know it's, I know it's early. I know he's, he's only played a handful. He's only played two games. He's only got, he's only got, I think five career receptions and a touchdown, but watching him run some routes is very similar, but I think he's more explosive than Cole Beasley. I absolutely think he's more explosive and can be used in different ways than Cole Beasley was, but he can be the slot the slot guy for this team as well for the future. So, all right. So here it is. Allen versus Mahomes and a rich graciously got a clip that I put together and put out um, earlier today. So I'm going to run that because it'll get you kind of pumped up for this game. Mm-hmm. Deep downfield and open and making the grab. Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is hauled in for the touchdown. Now they come. Here goes Allen. He's going to take off. He hurdles. Here they come. First and ten to the end zone. It's caught. Dave. First down. Just that long drive. It was a quick run. And they go deep. They've got a man. It is Davis for his second touchdown of the night. I think Jim Nance needs to call every Gabe Davis touchdown every. from now until the end of forever. Like, right. Right. And, it, and it, I'm, I'm sure you caught it, but during the game last week, did you hear Jim Nance talking to Tony Romo? And he's like, we're going to be in Buffalo a lot for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. Here we got, we got him this week too. So um, in case you guys didn't know, <clears throat> we know about the AFC championship game and Josh Allen and the Bills' struggles against the chiefs. We know about the regular season game during the COVID season when Josh, and the Bills struggled and lost that game. But the last two, the last two games, now Josh doesn't play defense the last time I checked. So I'm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you cannot blame Josh Allen for 13 seconds. The mm-hmm. man did everything he could to get this team a W. Last two games, 644 passing yards, seven touchdowns, passing one rushing, 127 total y- or rushing yards, no interceptions, and, uh, of course, one epic hurdle. Um so <clears throat> I don't even know how we should break down these two because these guys are amazing athletes to watch. Whether you're a Chiefs fan or not, I personally have enjoyed watching Patrick Mahomes. He's incredible. Um, we all know how Bills fans feel about Josh, me included, and, and yourself, A. Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's refreshing about this is this these guys respect each other so much their off the field relationship is so it's got to be so hard to have a best friend and then want to beat them on game day or beat them as often as possible so you want to break down this rivalry because this is what everybody is talking about this is brady manning version two i know it's only been four matchups but they've played some of the best games some of the most meaningful games as far as going to the Super Bowl in the playoffs, the greatest postseason game of all time. Josh putting on a show last year in week in week five. So just give me some of your thoughts on Allen versus Mahomes. This is this is uh Bird versus Jordan, right? Magic, magic versus Bird, Magic versus Jordan, uh Peyton versus Tom Brady. This is this is box office. Al, uh, Joshua, Patrick Allen, and 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 Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we're talking about two elite generational type quarterbacks. That is, that is probably going to be squaring off uh, against each other for the next ten years, right? And it's it's great that we get to see these two great. Uh, quarterbacks face off for the amount of times they get to face off for. But at some point, our guy, Josh Allen, even though we know Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL, even though we know, Bills fans, that Josh Allen is uh, also a generational quarterback along with Patrick Mahomes, people are still going to give Patrick Mahomes that slight edge because he does have an MVP because he does have that Lombardi trophy. And it's it's now to a point where Josh Allen now has to silence those critics. Josh Allen, even though he's great, even though he's generational, we all know that, Josh Allen now has to come in and, and fix another test, right? Climb another hurdle. And that hurdle is Patrick Mahomes. And it's definitely something that, is worth the price of a mission seeing these two quarterbacks play. And and I'm just excited and 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 grateful that I'm alive to experience and witness these two uh generational quarterbacks uh face off for as much years as I believe they'll face off for. I mean it's perfectly said because I don't think either of these quarterbacks is going anywhere to a different team in their careers. I think both of these players will retire um, a member of the team that they're currently on. Um, now, as far as tomorrow's game, I, I think that we see we're going to get that Josh from postseason. I feel like we're going to get the Josh. He's he's kind of teased us with it a little bit where it's third and seven. I'm not even going to pass. I, read, I can read the defense. They got two high safeties. I'm just going to go run for the first down. Or they're going to blitz. I can tell what side they're coming from. I'm going the other way. I think we're going to get – some of that because I think Josh will never admit it, but I think that he listens to all this stuff. And I think he compartmentalizes all this stuff about how you haven't beaten Mahomes when it matters, um, about you know the coin flip and about the 13 seconds, and about he's been an MVP and you haven't. He's got a Super Bowl ring and you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys always have to play up there instead of in Buffalo when it counts. Like I think he hears all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I think that Josh is such a competitor that it drives him to be better than his competition. And that's why we love him. That's why he's built for the Bills. 
no pun intended, no jokes to be made there. I think that he is the guy that is meant to lead this team to where it needs to get to. And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm not trying to be a, you know, a Homer, a rah-rah fan, but watching what he's done from 2018 to now is, is unprecedented. It will never be done by any other quarterback that ever comes out of college. It will never be done. Um, he's his own person, his own unique game, game style, as well as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can do things that nobody else can, including Josh Allen. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think watching this tomorrow and watching what we've been watching for the past, you know, couple seasons is going to be something that Bills fans should remember and should take note of what's happening right now. Um, we may never get this again. We may never get a Josh Allen. We may never get this rivalry. We may, we may never get this this team as good as they are right now again. So that makes every game important. I don't care if it's week one or week week eighteen. Every game's important. You got to stack the wins, however you can get it. And I don't care if they win tomorrow by one or by forty. A win's a win. That's all that matters. So, all right, let's move into who needs this game more. You think the Chiefs or the Bills? And I want everybody in the comment section that's still hanging out. Um, we still got upwards of oh, we got over forty people still watching. So if you're watching, no matter where you're watching, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, put in the comments who you think needs to win this game more the bills or the chiefs i like it i like it yeah yeah i was, I was gonna wait a minute to, to, to see some uh oh, okay. see some some yeah, of the comments some, yeah see some in the comment section i'm interested to see um I, i'll talk slowly here as the comments come up uh anthony jones says the buffalo bills uh thomas cook okay some comments some comments is rolling in uh while the comments rolling in i'll give my assessment i do think that the Buffalo Bills need this game more. Why do the Buffalo Bills need this game more? Because we just spoke about it, right? Everybody, when they when they do talk about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, what's what's the negative effect of of talking about Patrick Mahomes when we talk about Josh Allen, right? Patrick Mahomes won a Lombardi Trophy. Patrick Mahomes won an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has a winning record against Josh Allen. Well. Tomorrow, we have to go in the direction of changing that narrative. Tomorrow, the Buffalo Bills need this victory, in my opinion, more than the Kansas City Chiefs. We want to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We want to get that number one seed. We want to have the bye. Uh, If we want uh, Josh Allen to win the MVP, beating a Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead Stadium looks good on his resume. Right. We want us as a fan base to have every advantage we see fit in, on, on the road to try to, to to hoist that Lombardi trophy. And the advantage, the main advantage is for the playoffs to run through Buffalo. And the, in order for the playoffs to run through Buffalo, they have to get this victory tomorrow against the Kansas City Chiefs because we know at the end of the season, when we talk about best records in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be right there, right? And that's when uh, the tiebreakers and conference records and all of them type of things come to play. Well, we want to have that advantage. The Buffalo Bills must beat the Chiefs. It's more important for them to get this victory tomorrow in Arrowhead. <clears throat> to me, it's simple. It's confidence. You win tomorrow when you gain confidence. Vaughn Miller, since he's been here, 
all he's been talking about was how good this team is. This team is right there on the cusp of Super Bowl. I just wanted to be that drop in the bucket that put him over the edge. Um, all the media outlets, all offseason, the Bills, team to beat, the Bills, team to beat. I don't think they care. I personally don't care what the media says, mm -hmm. but I want all of what this team has been doing for the last six years. I want, I want it right now. And I want the bills to go out and win as many games as, as they can stack the wins, no matter how you got to get them. We're a missed field goal chance away in some weird clock management in Miami from being five and oh in that game. With that depleted roster, with the injuries and all that stuff, they've already got over the hump of Josh Allen doesn't win close games. They came back down 17, beat the Ravens. I want to stack W's because it builds confidence. Every win you get makes you have that much bigger of a chip on your shoulder heading down the stretch. Plus, the bye week is coming. And going to the bye week, getting mm -hmm. healthy with a mm -hmm. W, looking mm -hmm. down on everybody in the AFC. I think that just builds confidence. And I want this team to have swagger. They already show it in practice. They already they dance on the sidelines and they have a good time. But I want this team to come out and punch people in the mouth and say, yeah. okay, now you need to react to us. Yeah. We're not we're not the underdogs anymore. We're yeah. not the comeback kids anymore. We're not the ones that are being counted out. I want the team tomorrow to win because I want to stack the wins for that confidence for this young roster going forward. That's it. It's 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 clear as mud. <laughs> it's as clear as mud. Most definitely. Want, you know, I just I just want them to win because I think every win, especially against Andy Reid, especially against Patrick Mahomes and the big bad Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and in Arrowhead, how much confidence does that have? As opposed to last year, you beat the Chiefs. When the Chiefs, everybody thought they were vulnerable last year. The Chiefs started 4-4, four and four and the Bills thumped them. And, oh, my God, the Chiefs' time is over. Well, the Chiefs have shown that they're resilient and they're going to come back from anything. I want you to have that advantage now. I want you to have that one-game advantage now in case something down the, down the line doesn't happen or doesn't happen the way that we want it to. So get the win, take the number one seed into the bye, get healthy, and just keep pushing, keep moving forward. That's it. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So comments are coming in. Uh, let's see. The Chiefs just need to get to not get blown out by the Bills. Buffalo needs to win. Uh, let's see. Chiefs have an average at best second. The Chiefs secondary is, is questionable. Um, they're also a dropped third down pass by Devonta Adams on that sideline one. He tipped. He, he, he bobbled it. If he caught that, they're in field goal range. They might be. You know, they might have lost that game. So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yes, Roy, we are going to have a post game show. I believe A Rich might be part of that post game show, if I'm correct or no. Yes, yes, me, yes, me, Lance, and then I have. I'm going to invite a special guest on tomorrow. We'll, we'll, Excellent. you'll see him tomorrow. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so let's get into the final topic, which is the most important topic, I think. Game predictions. And we can do what we did last time, Arish. We'll get the, the comments from the fans coming through um, in all the live chats. Give us your, your predictions. And then after you give us your predictions, maybe give us a little comment of, you know, what you think happens or why it would happen um, or, you know, something like something along the lines like that. Uh, 
The Buffalo Bills going on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have our Buffalo Bills winning by the score of 34 to 24. 34 24 Bills. Hold up, hold up. Could you imagine if this happens tomorrow? Right. Right. No, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I will be so I insufferable. To, I, I will be so insufferable on social media. Right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. All right, I'm, I'm sorry, Akeem. Go ahead. No, nah, you're good. You're good. 34-24 Bills over the Chiefs. Uh, I think Josh Allen and company uh lights it up on the offensive side of the ball. Josh Allen does what he have to do with his arms and his legs. Now I know a lot of people will say, well, the Buffalo Bills, they have to take pressure away from Josh Allen. I don't think that is possible. I think Josh Allen is uh, a, a mainstay in terms of in terms of being the engine for the Buffalo Bills offense. And I think personally, I think he likes it like that. And I think he's going to come up big. And on, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Von Miller, Gregory Russo, and company start to fluster and 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 get enough stops against the Kansas City Chiefs to uh, uh, proclaim victorious. So thirty four. 24 bills over the chiefs i like it <clears throat> i like it a lot i got the bills uh 37 20 um and i'm not a homer i just think that this is a statement game for the bills if you look at the bills opponents this season <clears throat> you talk about the miami game that i'm not going to throw excuses out that was just one of those games where if you had anything to bet against you know, the bills, you, you'd bet it because everything that went wrong, that could go wrong, went wrong. All of our star players on offense were cramping the whole game. The offensive line was blown up before the game and during the game, yada, yada, yada. Um, the Ravens game, I think that team, that this team needed that game. I think this team needed to have a game where we're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, mm-hmm. this is real life. We need mm-hmm. to put something together and get this shit in motion and that's what happened the last drive of the 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 first half when josh let him down for a touchdown second Mm -hmm. half was a completely different team lamar jackson did nothing in the second half and the bills did enough to win um you look at last week josh didn't even have to play at all in the second half he did but he didn't have to you look at the titans game and the titans are a better team now they haven't lost since they played the bills um you look at the bills against the rams Common denominator here is second half. I feel like the Bills are going to be up enough in the second half where the Chiefs are going to be doing a lot of catch-up, and I don't think it's going to happen. Um, They may give up some points in the second half, but Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott, kudos to these guys for making halftime adjustments. Something that I think Bills fans for the last three years, even as good as this team has been, we have been clamoring for adjustments at halftime. I I couldn't count the number of times that in our group chat, our BIB group chat, I said, okay, looks like we made no halftime adjustments against the run. Looks like we made no halftime adjustments covering the tight end. This year they've done that, and then some. They've given up seven points all season in the second half. So I think the Bills get out early. Like one of my keys to the game was start, start hot, let Josh Cook. Um, get some get some points early and keep that momentum going and put the foot on the throat from the opening kickoff until the final whistle. So that's that's my prediction for the game. Love it, love it. 
All right, A. Rich, you got anything else, brother, before we get out of here? We went an hour and 41 minutes. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. A. Rich, Akeem Richens, The Real DM3, Dave Myers. This is Bills in Buffalo. You're in tune to Bills Allergy. Uh, We appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight. And, And tomorrow... Let's let's not get our our hopes up too high. Let's not get too down, right? We want to watch this game with 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 the expectation of knowing that we're going to be where we where we need to be at the end of the season, right? This is no longer something we're not used to, right? This is not a couple of years ago when we're just excited to be here. We're excited to be on primetime TV playing a team like the Chiefs. Now we belong here. We belong here. We deserve to be here. Let's not get too excited. Let's act as if we do belong here and and hopefully come out with a a, a victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's going to be an excellent game. It's going to be a rivalry that we're going to be able to witness for years and years to come. And we're just we're just excited that we get to put a product out on the field that can be successful year in and year out. And I'm I'm just happy to be a part of the experience. DM3. I want everybody in the chat right now. I want to go bills from everybody in the chat. Before you guys leave, before you guys head out, um, let's get a go bills. My my couple things I I I, I want to get this out there. I am sick and tired of the national media acting surprised about how good the Bills are because us Bills fans are not. We know what this team has been building since 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21, and so on. Mm-hmm. We, we are now at a time, as Buffalo Bills fans, where Vaughn Miller chooses us. Mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller chose the Bills. You talk about the $20 million a year, I don't care. He said it numerous times. We have arguably the best player, not just quarterback, player in the NFL in Josh Allen. We have one of the best wide receivers in Stephon Diggs. We have arguably one of the best cornerbacks when he comes back in Travis White, two all-pro safeties, mm-hmm. an amazing defensive line. We have the team that should go to the Super Bowl. So tomorrow mm-hmm. you can – you can have high expectations. You can have just, I'm a fan. I hope they win. Whatever it is, just know that this team that we have this year is legit. We belong here, like A. Rich said. And I hope tomorrow is a statement for not just the Chiefs, not just for Andy Reid versus Sean McDermott, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, yada, yada, yada. I want everybody to know that when you play the Bills, you're due for an ass whooping and you better bring your best game every time. So that's all I got to say. I'm so Love glad it. to be able to jump on Bill's algae with a rich, a rich usually holds the show down, does a tremendous job. Um, you should see me soon. And once you see me, you won't be able to get rid of me. Um, for those of you that follow us all over the place on social media, I appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, the guys that we have, um, we got a lot of new folks this year doing content for us. I can't name them all because I'll probably forget somebody. Um, we have shows every day. Tomorrow the pregame show is going to be at 2 um, to get you lined up. And like A-Rich said, he'll be doing postgame. Other than that, I'm DM3. The guy right there to my right, 
is my brother from another mother. That's A. Rich, Akeem Richens. We are the founders of Built in Buffalo. You've been watching Bill's Algae. Go Bills. Let's get this dub. And we are out. Everybody Go have a Bills. Good night. Go good Bills. Night.